um, Friday through, I mean, Monday through Friday, Monday comes first, doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm usually the first one at the church, usually here by 9 a.m. And most days, um, well, all days when I show up, it's already been daylight for two to three hours. People are walking on sidewalks. Parents are dropping their kids at school across the street or at the children's center back of the church. <clears throat> I boldly unlock the front door and walk confidently to my office. I start browsing on my computer. I seldom look up unless I hear someone come in the front door. Now, <clears throat> sometimes I come up here at night to pick up something I've forgotten or to make sure I've saved something on my computer. It's different. I open the front door cautiously. I have the feeling someone may be behind me. I enter, my eyes dart around toward the sanctuary in the church office on the left, toward the stairway on the right. This is real. Finally, I make it to my office. I take care of the business I came to do and I escape as quickly as possible. If my task takes me downstairs, it's worse. There are more shadows, more places for attackers to hide. I don't fully relax until I'm in my car with the door closed and on my way. I'm a real hero. When I come to the church the next morning at 9, I sometimes reflect on my feelings the night before. I can't believe how different it was. And what was the difference? Darkness. Darkness changed my mindset. And darkness has that effect. With me, it goes back to my earliest childhood memories, um, sleeping in the bedroom with my brother, kind of upstairs, <clears throat> and uh, there was a tree in the next door neighbor's yard, and that tree, the branch, I could see out the window, and it was really a friendly branch. I liked it, sometimes saw a squirrel or, or a bird in the daytime, <laughs> but at night, that branch became something else. At night, that branch became really scary, especially in the winter when it was without leaves. Mom pulled the shade down so outside movements wouldn't affect our sleep, but the eerie outline still showed through. I can still see the skeletal tree slowly moving in the breeze. It seemed to have eyes, and the eyes were fixed on me. Oh, my defense was to make sure my brother was awake. So I would say something, and we would play that game, you know, for a while before we went to sleep. We'd think of something to talk about, and we'd bring it up and talk, and then there was silence, and then too much silence, and I'd see the tree branch again, and I'd say, still awake? And, of course, he was still awake because I just woke him. It's amazing how fearful I became when I was left alone in the dark with the branch. 
Well, we're going to talk about Halloween this month. We decided instead of just letting Halloween kind of sneak up and pretend it isn't there and then uh, go on with our march toward Christmas interrupted by Thanksgiving, we would face Halloween full on. Christians in America are kind of ambivalent about Halloween. They think it's not a Christian holiday, but it really started as a Christian holiday. Unlike Thanksgiving, which started as a secular holiday. And Halloween really is a holiday or holy day in the early church calendar. <clears throat> and uh, the roots go back to a celebration of people who had passed on. And these could be the saints of the church or the martyrs or your relatives. And the focus on your relatives could be prayers of thanksgiving or in some uh, church situations, prayer for their soul if your belief is that you can have some effect on them after life. But that kind of emphasis on the dead turned into an emphasis on ghosts and zombies and pumpkin heads and spider webs and all those scary things. And, and they don't seem to speak of the Christian experience of love and joy and peace and salvation. <clears throat> but it's good we have Halloween because fear is a real thing. And I know we're all putting on a happy face for each other, but inside we have some fears right now. And we can't get rid of them. They're always with us. And these fears should be faced and embraced and dealt with. And God has given us the equipment for that. Well, one of the things about Halloween is we try to make it a fun experience for kids and so kids dress up in all kinds of outlandish ways. They go around and knock on doors and say, I'm here, I'm here, uh, and give me at least a candy, if not a $100,000 bill. And, 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 and it is a fun experience. We find, kids find creative ways to make it fun from generation to generation until it isn't fun and it gets to be scary. And then it gets to be really scary. And uh, we can cultivate all of that with horror movies and feed our soul on the darkness. And we find ourselves, some people get a thrill out of that, but I'd rather watch uh, uh, um, a romantic comedy with my wife, frankly. I got enough scary stuff. And. And so we decided to look at our fears this month in our sermon series. And we're going to talk about what are you afraid of? And we'd like you to think about that. And we, we are going to focus on three things. Darkness this week. Demons and all of the supernatural around them next week. And the third week, death. So bring all your friends. Today, we're looking at darkness. 
the scary branch when you're trying to go to sleep at night. And darkness itself brings a different feeling to our spirits. The darkness speaks of the unknown, of the uncontrollable, of something that's out there that's threatening to us. And then also, we recognize there's something in here that's threatening to us. That's even scarier. This is a psalm in our Bible has a phrase that speaks of this to me in Psalm 91, beginning at the first verse. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, or, or, or the shadow of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, that's kind of a darkness, a semi-darkness, but to be in God's shadow is really an enlightening experience. But the next verse says, well, we'll say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now, verse 5, you will not fear the terror of the night. That phrase kind of, kind of says it to me. We speak of night terrors. And some people who are really, really uh, rational people during the day aren't rational at night because of night terrors. And then he mentions the arrows that fly by the day. Arrows we can see. Those are the tangible things we know we're facing during the day. But at night it's the intangible. The terrors that we can't put a label on. And then verse 6. Or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Uh, think about when this was written. The plague the sickness, the COVID of their day. And where did it come from? How did that mysterious illness overtake you? The terror of that was mentioned by the psalmist. Or the destruction that wastes at noonday. So there is that open thing we're afraid of, but there's also the dark thing we're afraid of. Darkness represents a real things to be afraid of. They are irrational in that we kind of create them and exaggerate them in our minds, but they are real. The word that the philosopher Kierkegaard made famous is dread. And he never really bothered to define it much. He just assumed we would know what it is. You know dread? When your hair stands on end? And you don't know why? Well, let me tell you. The first word of creation was, let there be light. And we're going to go to Genesis 1 and remind ourselves of that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. That it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And that was the first day of creation. That creative act 
in the beginning is how John starts his gospel. And John's gospel begins with those very words, John 1, 1. In the beginning, just like Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the coming of Jesus into the world was like the first day of creation. It was God saying in a new way, let there be light, and let that light shine in your hearts. And the invitation to us to be part of that light experience will overcome the darkness in us. That's the story of creation in the beginning, in the beginning. And then in the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, uh, the 21st chapter, there's, there's a description of the idyllic temple that represents God's permanent eternal presence. And verse uh, 21, 22, I saw no temple in that city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. No scary branches on the shade. Because God is all in all, and God is light. So now he has come, and he has invited us to be part of that, and to join the kingdom of light, and to leave the kingdom of darkness. But there are many verses in the New Testament that are warnings that we have a choice to make. And we can choose darkness. How do we choose darkness? I'm not going to uh, turn to all these scriptures, but in, in John 8, 12, the phrase is used that you walk in darkness. So you choose to walk in darkness rather than light. In Matthew 4.16, he talks about how we, some of us, choose to dwell in darkness. We have a choice between dwelling there or dwelling here, and we choose to dwell in darkness. In Romans 1.12, he speaks of doing the works of darkness. And we have a choice day by day of whether we'll do the works of the light or the works of darkness. And in John 3, verse 19 and 20, he talks about the love of darkness. Some people fall in love with darkness. And when we make these choices to walk in darkness, to dwell in darkness, to do the works of darkness, to love darkness, that we are putting ourselves in jeopardy. We are opening our souls, the depths of our being, to the fears that are all around us. 
We don't have to experience those fears, but we choose to. And this puts us in a position where we don't experience the love of God. Now here's a wonderful invitation that God gives to us in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Paul says, it is the God who said, light will shine out of darkness. That's the first day of creation. It is that God who said, let the light shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So, you know, we can, we can embrace those fears. They're still going to be part of us. I, I am not, even I've been a Christian for many years and I totally believe God is surrounding me and I'm in the light of his love. If I come up here tonight at 10 o'clock, I'm going to have the same feelings coming into church. Those, those, those fears are still part of our life. That's why Halloween is okay. It has a positive uh, function in our lives because it reminds us how scary the world can be. But on the other hand, God has given me all the light I need. God has equipped me for every fear I can ever encounter. God, who said on the first day of creation, let the light shine out of darkness, has shined into my heart by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light. I apologize by being this nar narcissistic, but I want to put a picture up here. That's Braden Brittenham, my youngest great-grandson, in his first Halloween costume. My prayer for him is that he'll be able to shake off the dark fears of life. Like a discarded onesie. That he'll allow the light of God's love to shine into him and out of him as he becomes a magnifier for the light of Jesus Christ in a really dark world. I think that's the best prayer I could have for him. And you know the Bible says you can be him. It says you can be born again. You can be that little baby. You're going to find yourself wearing fearful onesies. But by God's grace, you'll see the light. And you'll embrace the light. And you'll be part of the kingdom of light. And you'll walk through the dark world with your eye on the light. I'm going to invite you to accept the Lord in the same impotent way that this little baby accepts a bottle. Just say, yes, Lord, I'm scared. I need you. If you haven't done that, do it. If, if you've been overwhelmed by the complexity of this scary world, do it again. 
be born into the life of light. And if there's some particular darkness that just keeps getting to you and bringing you down, ask the Lord for victory over that. And just open yourself up to his light. Lord, hear those who are reaching out to you. Make us to realize the bad news that we are as helpless as a baby. But the good news that we are as helpless as a baby. Because we can't do it alone. We pray that your light may shine into each of our hearts in a new way. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the light. Amen. We meet in Altadena every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, both in the sanctuary and on YouTube. Most other events will be starting up soon, but if you need prayer now, please reach out to us at altabapprayer at aol.com. And again, as always, we pray God's blessings on you this week.